Greetings, traveler. Welcome aboard the crime machine. My name is Victoria, and I will be your pilot for today's mission. I typically don't have the attention span to like wait for somebody to finish a sentence before jumping in anyway, so I apologize in advance. It's all good. Just to let you know I recorded that. So. <laughs> good. We're, we're already off to the right start, setting the right expectations. We are. You got to, from the jump, you got to let people know. <laughs> Showing people who I am right off the bat. Exactly. Um, I have an intro, so we don't need to do that. But hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, it's another crime. Trim- I will listen to somebody else who says true crime differently, and she switches the letters and it messes me up. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, this is another crime traveling with friends, and I have someone in the passenger seat this week. Introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello. I love that. That's so cute. Uh, this is Erica Garafa. I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> Tell them what you do. You have a cool job. Uh, I am a voiceover artist. I do voiceover for all sorts of things. Um, actually, a lot of really boring stuff, a lot of internal corporate videos, but my, my biggest thing is I, I do a lot of e-learning. Like I'm the voice of uh, a lot of like some children's educational software. So basically I just sit at home and go, great job all day. (laughs) What rhymes with cat? You did it. Like just. You have a great voice to listen to though. It's very soothing. Oh, that's too kind. And lucky for y'all, y'all get to listen to her talk for an hour with me. (laughs) Get to or. Yeah, anyway. Experience. (laughs) They get to experience. Y'all are experiencing this. Yes. Uh, So this is spooky month i don't think i don't know if i explained to you what spooky month was but for the entire month of october on the podcast i'm doing crimes that inspired horror movies perfect so last week i did the texarkana phantom which was recommended by a lovely listener anna marie and that movie was underwhelming (laughs) 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 it was real bad it was made in the 70s that's the thing is like people say the truth is stranger than fiction, but I'm also like, is it? We live in the time of like Marvel movies and shit now. So it's like our expectations are just up here. And for the real true crime stories, we need to set them about here. I realize I'm gesturing on a podcast and that's not really ideal, but listeners, you, you get what I'm going for, right? You um, knew what she was saying. <laughs> you, you get it. You get it. I'm not going to dumb myself down for you. <laughs> we are smart people on this podcast. <laughs> uh, you have savvy listeners. I do. My listeners are amazing. I love them. <laughs> um, True crime audiences terrify me because they're researchers. We are. Like, I would never want to say anything bad about them because they're going to dox the shit out of me. They know how to find shit. Like, they just sit at their computers all day like, oh, I'm, they're going to get to the bottom of you. Like, they know just, your first and last name. That's enough for them. Exactly. <laughs> we got this. I'm, I'm having... It's having second thoughts about being on the show. <laughs> no, don't. We're fun. It's fun. <laughs> what have um, I gotten myself into? No, we uh, so far every guest thing that I've done has been great, and all everyone right. has loved all of the guests, and I've loved every one of them on, and I would not invite them on if I didn't love them. <laughs> oh, we're a lot of curse on this show, right? Because uh, oh, yeah. I think I've already broken that. <laughs> yeah, no. Say whatever the fuck you want. Cool. <laughs> um, I usually don't. I just realized I don't curse in my normal episodes i i don't know why like the ones just by myself i don't think i've ever cursed you know i think i only do it to just just season my language you know like Mm -hmm. when i'm i don't curse when i'm just talking like by myself to myself but like when i'm talking to other people you have to add that zazz that flair you know you gotta pepper your speech you gotta salt bay that sentence exactly just sprinkle it on i'm gesturing again (laughs) they know i feel it you guys know you get it yeah so we we did watch a movie. We sure did. And it was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. And it was a movie. It 
it classifies as a film. <laughs> it was released in theaters to uh, viewings of it, I don't know about it. Lukewarmness. Yes. It got. We'll we'll get into that at the end because the movie review will be at the end. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> but this film is based off of an actual story because if it wasn't, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. And it is the exorcism of Annalise Mikkel. And Erica knows about the movie, but I didn't tell her about the case, so she is learning all of this fresh today. <laughs> I'm learning something new today. Yeah, so I guess we could just hop into it if you're ready. Let's dive right in, baby. Sick. So we got Annalise Elizabeth Mikkel. I thought it was Michael, but there's no A. <laughs> was born September 21st, 1952, and she was born in... Liebefling, Germany, but she was raised in Klingenberg. Okay, so, so this happened a long time before the movie is set there. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the film is set in, like, modern day. Yeah, I feel like it would make a lot more sense if they set it, like, 50 years ago, but we'll get to that later as well. Please, continue. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're in Germany for this story, you guys. I don't think we've been to Germany yet. I think I, the furthest I've been is New Zealand. I personally haven't. <laughs> oh, no, personally, I have not. <laughs> uh, where's the farthest place you've traveled? Farthest place I've traveled? Hawaii. Oh, sick. So, still in the United States, but still. Pretty it's, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, her parents were Anna and Joseph McKell, and I couldn't find a whole lot about their upbringing or what they did. There's not a whole lot about them to begin with. Again, this happened in, like, the 50s, which is not that far back, but it's still far enough to where people didn't care to document anything. Right. So, she, Annalise, was one of four girls. However, there was an older sister who sadly passed away in 1956 while she was having surgery, and she was born when the parents were not married. So she is considered illegitimate. Oh, okay. And because of this, Anna, the mother, was shunned and she was forced to wear a black veil at her wedding Spooky. because she was considered a disgraced woman. <sighs> so. Because the 50s. No one liked women. <laughs> yeah, past tense? I mean. <laughs> I mean, you know, it depends <laughs> on how you look at it. It just changes forms. Uh, that's true. Uh, so. I would love to have, like, a black veil at my wedding, though. More for, like, fashion, though, than, you know, public judgment, though. For sure. That would... I, I'm not planning on getting married ever in my life, but if for some reason I do, I would like a black wedding dress. I already Please. got married, but, I mean, I guess my outfit was pretty cool. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> what would your wedding dress look like? It was cute. It was, like, trumpet gown, like, all that lace, and I had, like, a birdcage veil because I didn't Ooh. want, like, the whole, like, traditional veil thing. Uh, it was cute. It was cute. I'm going to my, my best friend's wedding next year, and she's doing a whole, like, gothic romance wedding thing, and all the bridesmaids' dresses are going to be black. So I'm going to live out my, my Morticia fantasies through her wedding instead. So that'll be good. So, yeah, you get to not be the bride, but you get to be the bridesmaid. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm okay with, like, not being the center of attention. That's her day. But I do intend to stunt on everybody else in the room. Yeah, yeah. She gets her own thing. Yeah. You... <laughs> I will take that silver medal. Yes. <laughs> um, so because of her being a disgraced woman and having an illegitimate child, she basically put all of that pressure on to Annalise when she was born and mm -hmm. was like, you have to be amazing and great and a pure child because the first child didn't work out. <laughs> 
and she was illegitimate. Yeah. And that's so sad. Because that's never gone wrong, raising a child with that mindset ever. Who? Yeah, that pressure's not going to do anything. No, it's not going <laughs> to manifest in any weird ways. Yeah. Smash cut too. Right. We'll find <laughs> out in the next couple sentences. Um, yeah, that, that sounds like a you problem, ma'am. <laughs> that doesn't need to be put under your child. But anyway, so yeah, she was one of four kids and they were extremely Catholic and from all accounts of people who knew them or went to school with them the the girls were very withdrawn and kind of quiet and didn't talk much and they went to they were required to go to mass twice a week Mm. which i again i'm not i grew up going to church but i wasn't catholic so i don't Mm -hmm. really know if two times a week to go to mass is a lot i don't know i just watched uh the show midnight mass on netflix it's really good by the way watch it um but and like most of the story revolves around like some people going to mass like every day but this is also like this remote island town and like there's like nothing else to do so i I just don't know if that's the norm i I have no idea like i was raised like presbyterian which is like protestant light or at least that's how we did it i don't know (laughs) Um, (laughs) and i have just my last foray into religion was a long time ago (laughs) same like I haven't been so, to church in a long and, time. Like, and I, my knowledge of Catholicism extends to my husband was raised Catholic and is not practicing either. So I have no idea what's correct or what's appropriate because there's so much, like, there's so much tradition and like ritual to Catholicism. It's it's wild when you really look into it. It it's fascinating the mm. origins of Catholicism and. A lot of these cases, particularly ones that have to do with exorcisms or like witchcraft and mm-hmm. things, it, that gets brought up a lot. And I can imagine why. Yeah, for sure. So it. I, so yeah, I don't know if twice a week is a lot. They kept reiterating like they went twice a week. So I guess maybe for the fifties that was a lot. I, I don't know. Is is Catholicism big in Germany? I, I feel like it is. I that, I know that's probably a pretty ignorant question. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> I'm sure it's big in parts of everywhere if you really I don't know I, my voice just cracked <laughs> that's all right talk my, about it <laughs> my voice is just one long perpetual crack um I mean think about it this way in, in the United States John F. Kennedy was the first Catholic president and that was a big deal oh, back then so okay I don't know how long it's been such a huge part of I mean it's always been a, for hundreds and hundreds of years it's been a part of world culture but I'm not sure what regions it was really big in places I yeah We'll have to, we'll do some research on that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they were extremely Catholic, and uh, she, her mother constantly reminded her of, like, you are the saving child, and so you will take on all of the things that I did wrong. No pressure. No pressure. There were times where, like, when she was a teenager, she mostly slept on the floor because she was told that it would. It, it's like she was supposed to feel for other people going through things as well. That's what this is all things her mother has said in interviews. So she was forced to sleep on the floor to kind of empathize with drug addicts and people who have sinned who have ended up on the street. So it was, I guess, her mother's way of being like, if you don't do what I say, then you're going to end up sleeping on the ground for the rest of your life. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm already sleeping on the ground, mom. <laughs> like, the, what's the alternative? I don't. 
She had a bed. <laughs> her mother <laughs> was <laughs> just instructing her at some points to sleep on the ground. Oh, to like me. it yeah. I I'm not a parent, so I don't really like to get on here and be like this parent did it wrong, but I think this mother did that. That's wrong. the thing is like I'm not a parent yet either and but and like sometimes I'm like am I going to be a good parent? And then I hear stuff like this and I'm like I think I'll be okay. You're going to do just fine. I think fine, I'll Erica. be like if we're going to set the bar just on the ground that's that's where we're setting the bar and i'm just gonna just prance over that because like i i I can do better than that yeah that's the great thing about true crime is you read about so many awful people and it's like you know what not to do don't Mm -hmm. do this with your life don't don't make your kids sleep on the ground let's not and say we did (laughs) don't smother your kids with a pillow please let's not we're just setting the bar right there i know we're gonna set the bar on the ground you're gonna show up with a shovel but we're just asking you it can only go up exactly yeah. So Annalise particularly was described by everybody as being excellent in school. She was great at languages and she was on track to become a teacher. It, or at least that's what her mother said that she wanted to do. Uh-huh. So we're getting everything from her mother. Um, and that was kind of her life for a while until she was 16. She had a pretty average standard normal life other than the sleeping on the floor thing and the constant berating <laughs> from her mother, she was considered very nice and chill. Um, but when she was 16, she was in class and she suffered a blackout. And the people around her basically just said she stared at one part of the wall for like numerous amounts of minutes and they couldn't get her out of it. So Creepy. Yeah. So she got sent home from school and she went to bed that night and she woke up. And she felt like something was sitting on her chest and she couldn't get up. And she also had wet the bed. So, lovely. Yeah. So they kept her home from school the next day, but her parents determined that there was absolutely nothing wrong with her and she was to return to school not the next day, but the day after that. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. They heard her say, you know, I felt like something was sitting on me and I also wet the bed at 16 and I have never done that. But everything's Surely there's fine. there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fine. We're living life, you know? Uh, good times. Great times. <laughs> so, when she was 17, she had a similar attack, and this was the point that her parents said, maybe we should go see the doctor. So, they took her to the family doctor, and the doctor sent her to a neurologist, and they did a brain scan, and that brain scan came back normal. There was nothing wrong with her. So, again, they were like, not we're not gonna worry about this these blackouts it's not a huge deal and then 1970 rolled around and she was checked into a hospital for tuberculosis and it was in the hospital where she had her third attack and this attack like moved her to the psychiatric ward of the hospital and she was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy and she was prescribed a drug called Dilantin which is an anti-convulsion drug. Mm-hmm. That's something that's still used today. Okay, pop off. Um, we love <laughs> we educate. Erica's educated. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Uh, so, from this point on, they're treating her as if she has epilepsy because that's really the only explanation they have mm-hmm. for it. And her brain scans again were coming back slightly irregular but it was nothing that indicated that she had a serious issue so they were mm. all kind of confused but they were like here take these pills this is all we can do for you yeah so she's st- what were you gonna say something no i'm just <laughs> kind of wondering i had absent seizures as a kid and oh, no. I'm i sorry oh no it's like 
it's not I, I didn't have like full convulsions or anything like that but basically an absence seizure is just you kind of just go away for a few seconds like for me it was anywhere between like three and ten seconds I would just space have no recollection of anything that was just said to me at that time I never took dilantin um, but I was in the hospital for three days with little suckers stuck to my head for them to try and figure out what the hell was going on and it's just I'm just very curious as to like what kind of technology they had back then to or what knowledge they had about epilepsy back then that would have led to their conclusions or or like what they could have seen or what they could have missed I'm just very curious about that yeah it because again it's the 50s so mm. I don't think mental health was at the forefront of anybody's brain not precisely but I mean epilepsy because it actually has a physical manifestation True. It, I'm sure it's something that's gotten a lot more attention than say other mental illnesses that you can't see for sure you know yeah and i'm and i'm i'm again not a doctor but i'm pretty <laughs> sure like like you just said it's a physical thing so i'm sure mm. they had seen other people who had epilepsy with that and they were like okay so i guess if anybody does this then just give them dilantin right easy solution because they didn't really know what else to do well it's the 50s we're not allowed to people not allowed to give people cocaine anymore so uh just no. take this instead <laughs> nope we are not in the 20s it is got not demons in your blood <laughs> um you sound like do you watch buzzfeed unsolved no okay you i thought that's where you got it from it sounds like shane he's one of the hosts and he constantly does that voice and is like you got demons in your system <laughs> <laughs> you got demons in your blood you should do some cocaine about it <laughs> yes I so like i've seen maybe clips of it i don't know but it's been it's on tiktok too oh okay everything's on tiktok nowadays it is i'll send it to you though it's funny <laughs> so yeah, so from this point on, she's being treated for epilepsy. However, the longer she stays in this hospital, she starts seeing, quote, devil's faces that are telling her to rot in hell. Huh. So that's not great. I think we just call that traffic on Del Mabry now. I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For people who are listening to this that's not from Florida, don't drive here. <laughs> don't drive a car here. Just walk everywhere. I hate driving here. Just stay in your home. Just, yeah. It's just, it's better. It is for everybody. <laughs> So when this started happening, they gave her another brain scan. Of course, nothing came back. And they prescribed her Alopet? A-L-O, no, A-O-L-E-P-T. It's an anti-psychotic medication. Uh, yeah. We'll go with that. Sure. A-O-L, instant messenger. A-O-L. Yeah, E-P-T. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, it's an antipsychotic drug that was mainly prescribed for people with schizophrenia or psychosis. Mm -hmm. So they didn't diagnose her with schizophrenia or psychosis. They just said, since you're seeing and hearing things now, along with your anti-convulsion drug, you are now going to be taking whatever out out just a grab bag pet. of pills yeah okay. pretty much they were they were just shoving a bunch of medication at her and at a little bit down the line they would give her an even stronger version of medication so she's been on meds since she was 17 this whole time so um like 20 between 17 and 20 because okay. she was in the hospital for a little bit she eventually gets out of the hospital and in 1973 she would go to attend the university of Wurzburg. And she wanted to be a teacher, like I said. 
And it was at this time where things did not get better. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, because if it was fine, we wouldn't be talking that, about it on this show. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yep. So, uh, and then she went on to have a successful career. I would love that for and her. And that's it. That's that's how the story ends. The goodbye, end. Everybody. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> um, none of the drugs seemed to be helping, or at least according to her and her family, and she was depressed, and she was getting frustrated that modern medicine couldn't really help her, and her hallucinations started to get severely worse, and she started to believe that she was, well, her and her parents decided to believe that she was possessed by the devil. As one does. Yes. And her parents were also not great on, like, medical help or trying to get her medical help they say that they did in the beginning but take that with a grain of salt you know uh her mother reported an incident of annalise staring at a virgin mary statue they had in their house and her eyes turned black and her hands turned into paws Uh uh-huh yeah well, they did explain in the movie, I know I'm jumping ahead. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so like, but like when you have a seizure, your eyes tend to dilate and your muscles contract. So, I mean, that still definitely lines up with, with every, everything that she's experiencing. It's like when your eyes dilate, they do look black. Yeah. You know, so. Story it's checks probably out. just bad, uh, bad timing <laughs> to be looking at some spiritual she got uh, the wrong angles significant relics hmm? she got the wrong camera angles exactly yeah <laughs> the angles. uh and there were a couple little incidents like that where her mom was like she just like was basically the devil hmm. and it was kind of confirmed to them that she was possessed when they went to religious gatherings all the time because again they were extremely catholic and they a family friend took Annalise to some get-together that they made. I don't know if it was a party or if it was, like, a regular mass, but it was somewhere religious. That's all I know. Got it. (laughs) Uh, And this relative was like, yeah, she wouldn't look at crucifixes, and she refused to drink the holy water, so I think your daughter's possessed and you should get that checked out. Who said this? A family friend. Oh, okay. Like a family relative, like somebody within that they hung out with all the time. Hey, it's like, listen, child that I live with every day, you seem all right to me, but your aunt's best friend's cousin's roommate said <laughs> that you weren't looking at the correct things in the room. <laughs> so you clearly have ghosts in your blood. And you didn't want to drink this water right. that I gave to you in this <laughs> tiny little cup. Uh yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because it's like, <laughs> it's it's hard talking about stuff like this because at the end of the day, I always want to be super respectful of people's religions and things sure, like that. Sure, but uh, take care of your kids, man. That too. That's the issue I'm having is that you can't just. And the thing is like, I, I'm, I am being a little bit glib about this because I'm like, oh, it was so long ago. But I'm like, no, this was the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too because it's like I there are still people today that have that mindset, you know, and it's 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 really like I'm like, oh, this is so funny. This would never happen now, but it's like, you know, it it, it probably could. 
Yeah, it definitely. Could. All the Conjuring movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there are a series of films about this. Yeah, like I don't know what was going on in the seventies because we had a lot of serial killers was doing their thing in the seventies, and a lot of possession stories happened in the seventies. So I don't know what was in the air. I think it was just su- sufficiently advanced, like media distribution, that maybe it wasn't something that was happening more often. Maybe we just started hearing about it more. For sure. Um, maybe I have no idea. But, yeah, so at this point, everyone's like, she's demons. Oops. Clearly. Uh, (laughs) Clearly demons. Uh, (laughs) So the family began writing to, like, like the... I'm saying bishop, but I'm pretty sure there's like a like the church, the local church or whatever, to be like, hey, our daughter needs an exorcism. Mm-hmm. And from the research that I did, it's very difficult to get an exorcism performed, like now, mm-hmm. and it was equally as difficult then. So it took a lot of asking. It wasn't just like a one and done. Write a letter, and they're like, yeah, sure, here's a priest for the day, like. You really have to have a <laughs> rent a priest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rent a priest. Just lease about for the day. Yeah. You have to like put down a deposit, sign a <laughs> lease. Sign a release. Yeah, you really have to it's hard. And they in the conjuring movies it's like that as well, where it's very like they that is a last resort. Kinda makes you wonder how many exorcisms are still performed today. No, I don't know. Like, I, I bet they were performed in, a, like, maybe in, like, other cultures and stuff. Like, maybe some variations thereof in different cultures and religions. But I wonder, like, in the United States, how many True. exorcisms are performed yearly or... or I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Mm, yeah, because in all of the priests that I did who have performed exorcisms and currently still do that I looked at, they said that it is... Like, you have to go through every other type of medical everything, and then the last resort has to be exorcism time. I suppose that's good. <laughs> yeah, they won't do it unless you've taken medical, mm-hmm. like, ways of get it, like figuring this out first. So it's not just like a pyramid scheme where they're like, take some essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> have this holy water. Yeah. Just a flick. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, we're basically at this point is where they are finally granted the approval of an exorcism by the local bishop. And they send out Father Ernst Alt and Father Arnold Renst. And they were assigned from the church to at first perform a secret exorcism, which was the first one. I don't know why it was considered secret unless it was illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. Everything said the first one was a secret one. Like, they weren't supposed to tell anybody about it. All the other ones, they could. But. Huh. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's, I, I, I don't, I have nothing. <laughs> She's speechless, y'all. <laughs> um, so, after that first one, it, it, nothing seemed to be getting better for Annalise. Everything was kind of going a little bit downhill from there. And from 1975 to 1976, Annalise would have 67 exorcisms performed on her, some of which lasted four hours. You would think after like five or six, they'd be like, well, clearly we need to try something else now. Like, You think? (laughs) 
I mean, you'd think after like two didn't take, but five or six just to be extra sure. But how many was that? 67 over the, from 1975 to 1976. She had 67 performed. There are 43 audio tapes. Some of them lasted over four hours and she was exercised at least once, but most of the time twice a week. Gee, I, that's just exce- uh, more like excessorcism. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I'll love show it. myself out. No, it's fine. This podcast <laughs> name is a pun, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Puns are welcome here. Oh god! It's ju- it's like you said. Five, sure, have at it. Sh- Maybe, yeah, yeah. But like, who has the time? Once you hit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Deborah, I'd love to meet up for lunch, but I am just swamped. I've got 14 exorcisms in the next two hours. Like, I just... Ha- hi. How did this just... Their whole... Are y'all even doing sermons at this point at right, the local exactly. church? Don't you have other ne- shit you gotta do? Like, aren't you supposed to be, like, feeding the needy and all that? It's like... Holy water can't get blessed. This? Are they getting paid for I don't think so, because the first one was a secret. Right? Under the table exorcisms. Back alley exorcisms done quick, discreet. Get your back. Someone comes up to you with a trench coat. I got you that. <laughs> got you that one hour exorcism or that three hour exorcism. <laughs> you doing that good shit? Yeah. They have like trench coat full of like crosses and relics and stuff. And <laughs> rosaries. <laughs> I, I got you that good good. <laughs> um. So the you want to know the names of all the demons that inhabited her? Do I? <laughs> Do I? Do I? Yes, you do. So it's <laughs> Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Iscariot, Belila, Legion, Hitler, and Nero. Is it Judas of Iscariot? Yes. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> they did. They put a comma there I, in what I read. So I was going like, yeah, I've, I've heard of all these. I've heard of all these. And Hitler. <laughs> yep. Uh, kiss could fucking say. <laughs> Hitler was in there, and I don't know why, but he was. Sure. This was after his. he was dead at this point. So I'd just, yeah, why not? I mean, I'd group him in with Satan and all them. Like, yeah. I actually don't really. I, I know the name Belial, but I don't know their whole deal. But uh, I don't either. It's been a minute. I know, <laughs> Ju- I know Judas, but... But that's it. <laughs> Judas and Hitler are the only demons. I'm familiar with Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar. Sadly, we all are. Yeah. Um. So those were the demons that she said were inside, or not she, but that were talking out of her. Mm. And here are some of the things that she did in these past couple of years. She ripped holy artifacts off the wall such as crosses rosary statues and photos because her house was covered in it Mm -hmm. uh she ate insects she licked her own urine off the floor she threw her one of her sisters across the room i feel like we're bearing the lead of why the urine was on the floor in the first place but go on she ripped an apple in half i'm just impressed honestly ate coal and she would strip naked and run around the house at random times i mean same (laughs) Well, I think it was against her will. You, you, it's I a suppose, choice yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, I would want That's to consent. That's a comfort thing for you, yeah. for her. It's because <laughs> she has no control. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and there was a bunch of other stuff, too. The photos are absolutely horrific. Haven't you? I mean, 
Do you have siblings? I do. I, I'm one of five. You've never... Oh, oh, well. <laughs> and you've never wanted to just yeet one of them? Listen, I was the tiniest, so I, it's not a possibility. It would well, never cross my mind. It's not a matter mind. of feasibility. <laughs> yes, for me to. it is. For her, it was not because she had other forces helping her. All right. And she's also the oldest. I guess I shouldn't bulk at five. I'm one of four, so it's really not that yeah, different. <laughs> I'm one more than you are. <laughs> I am it's the like extra. Five is just right out. That's too much. <laughs> That's a, a sin. Disgraced woman. <laughs> I mean, technically, we're all illegitimate. Oh, well. None of my parents are not married. I mean, <laughs> so, good thing it's not 1950s Germany. Good God. I know. Um, so the the photographs, which I can pull up and I will post on. The, I'm scared to post them on the socials because they're kind of bad. I might not post them on the socials. Do you have a way of like blurring them? Like I, I might try because I just feel bad. This whole like I know because we try to make jokes to make things lighter. But mm-hmm. this situation was awful. Can I see? Yeah, let me pull up the photos, fam. We're going to take a quick break. Okay, we're back. Cool. So I played her the tapes. I showed her the photos. It is rough. It, yeah. So... If you can agree with me, I think everyone will agree that if your daughter looks like this, you should take her to a hospital, please. Yeah, for those of you who don't wish to actually look at the photos, it just she's got that skeletal quality of somebody who subsists off of a diet of heavy drugs and not enough food. And I, I, I don't want to make light of anything like that, but it's, yeah, no, take your kid to a hospital, like, years before that. <laughs> for sure. It just seems like a no-brainer. Mm. And during her exorcisms, like, she stayed chained to her bed most of the time. Yikes. Which is terrifying. And, I mean, I've never seen an exorcism, but I'm assuming they're quite violent. So when you're that skinny, I feel like it's not great to be thrashing around like that on your bones. I feel like there's a there's a lot of problems with this. Like, for starters, if you have to keep your child chained up in their bedroom, maybe you have to start taking, like, thinking about whether or not you're the right person who has the skills and knowledge to care for this individual. For sure. You know? Yeah. Lots of, lots of questions. And I'm not a fan of the mom. She's, I've looked at interviews from her from, like, 2005 when she was older, and she's like... I don't regret anything. Oh, she's still she was still alive when the movie came out. Yes. Wow, I can't believe she agreed to have it made. Yeah, we'll get to the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're at the point where you would think they would take her to a hospital, but lo and behold, they do not. And on July first. 1976 at the age of 23 Annalise McKell was found dead by her parents in her room she only weighed 63 pounds Jesus and her official cause of death was malnutrition which they determined had been from her not being properly fed or eating for almost a year dehydration and complications from pneumonia that they later found out that she had that was not being treated they also did an autopsy and they found that she had fractured teeth both of her knees were broken. Ooh. She had two black eyes and several other broken bones in her arms and in her legs. I'm assuming that was like self-inflicted? Yes. That was also another reason her mother said they had to tie her up was because she was hurting herself. Yeah, so take her to a hospital. Uh, Thank know. you. Mm. 
Thank you. Moral of the story today, please, if you cannot handle what your kid is doing, there's nothing wrong with taking them to a hospital. Right. There is no shame in getting help. I just, well. When needed, with mm-hmm. any issue. Exactly. Like, yes, I get it. You're a parent and you want to help your kid, but sometimes the best way you can help them is you, to let other people help them. You don't have to do it alone, and sometimes it's best not to. Yeah. So, sadly, she did pass away, which is she lived a very short life 23 good god Mm -hmm. in the 50s we were living way past 23 so r.i.p to annalise and it is now where the trial begins which is why this is a crime her parents and the two priests were after state investigation were both arrested and they were sent to um jail to await trial for neglectful homicide Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, that tracks. Yeah, story checks out. So the both the parents and two priests were were on trial for that? Yes. Okay. That I'm I'm still going back to how that differs from the film and that's, you know, interesting stuff that we'll, we can get to later, but uh Yeah. That I feel like that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> and um so the trial began March 30th, 1978, and the prosecution basically said that Annalise suffered severe psychological trauma from a complication of her strict upbringing and epilepsy that was not being properly treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they argued that the it was basically the priest's fault that she died because he instructed her to stop taking her medication in order to perform the exorcisms. I guess it was because it was like interacting with the demons or something. Something the like meds that. Were. But his, so yeah, he basically was like, don't take your meds anymore. And whether or not the meds were working, uh, sir, you're not a medical professional. I don't know if that's up to you to tell somebody to stop taking their meds. Mm-hmm. Um, and the defense basically, their argument was that it was religious freedom for them to be able to determine whether... Uh, we're we're recording this at my job, so if you hear like kids in the back, there's like kids taking a ballet class like down the hall. So thankfully, nowhere near this conversation. Oh no, they can't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a secluded room, but I'm just letting y'all know if you hear noises. Um, yeah. So the defense were basically like religious freedom and the fact that it is her right to deny medical attention for herself because there were numerous people who said that and by people i mean the priest and her parents that said annalee said that she did not want medical attention nor did the parents right and it is well within her right to deny that that treatment however you also have to consider was she in the proper mental state to be able to make those decisions on her own behalf for sure yeah but i mean we weren't there (laughs) we were not there Um, like i think in this day and age and i think in this country she probably would have been baker acted long before any of this happened yeah and i would like to think but you know so much of this stuff goes unchecked even now so who knows yeah and there were yeah they were like so what would you have done like they asked the the real doctors and they were like we would have put her under psychological evaluation we probably would have done shock therapy which is what they did Uh, back then uh, they were like we probably would have had to force feed her because she wasn't eating because she said she was not allowed to because the demons were telling her she was not permitted to be eating which is why she stopped eating so 
that's kind of the thing about the 50s too it's like yeah no she really needed medical attention so she was but she was pursuing like religious treatment but the alternative was either shock treatment or an ice pick up the nose yeah it's the, the yeah it wasn't great your options were dog trash in the 50s <laughs> i'm so happy we live in the modern time now because i for sure with my anxious self my depressed self would have been locked up a long time ago oh you're a woman you've been diagnosed with woman you're just hysterical (laughs) we all have hysteria you just got the weepies it's all (laughs) god i was reading smoke some cigarettes it'll make you thinner it'll be fine right (laughs) i was reading a thing the other day about women getting sent to institutions in the 50s literally if you slept too long if you ate too much if you didn't eat enough Mm -hmm. if you were sad if you were too happy basically any reason uh, any reason any woman has ever died in a victorian novel you could be you could be locked up for it's ridiculous god i (sighs) men need to chill moral of the story guys need to chill out i need that tattooed on on somewhere in my body y'all need to chill y'all need to chill out um so yeah, we basically got prosecution full of doctors saying like we she could have and they even said like they could have saved her a week before this. She was salvageable. I'm I'm not saying that she needed to be electroshocked at all, but they were saying by whatever their treatments were that like she was epileptic and she clearly had some form of psychosis that y'all weren't treating. Therefore, y'all messed up and you should have taken her to a hospital i agree with the hospital thing i don't agree with their methods of treatment that they were gonna give her and then yeah the defense was like religious freedom and she had the right to deny it which i do think she did have anybody has the right to deny Mm -hmm. anything but despite all of that parents and both priests were charged with neglectful homicide and they were ordered to serve six months in prison and the priest like priest license or whatever you need to be a priest was suspended for three years i, I hope it's just a, a like a driver's license you gotta get renewed <laughs> um it yeah their suspension of practice is what the technical okay. term is but i like to like you said i like to think they have a card with a picture on it because that sounds cuter um so they were not allowed to practice for three years and um it ended up they ended up wavering the prison time do you think there's like a priest dmv for priests where you get your license get... renewed and i start. hope so that's what i'm saying that sounds so cute and cool and you get your your little outfit and you ready <laughs> they, they requisition your clothes oh god no. anyway yeah i digress you uh it's a i yeah i need I'm, more coffee yeah <laughs> um so yeah, their prison time was eventually waived, which is stupid. Mm. Um, and Annalise's grave site is now considered a holy place that people go and visit and leave flowers and things like that. So her legacy still lives on, mm-hmm. even to this day. R.I.P. Annalise, and I'm sorry that your parents were irresponsible and didn't take you to get checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I don't want to sit here and be like, exorcisms and demons aren't real because i've never seen it i'll be like that okay (laughs) (laughs) no no i I don't (laughs) she's like i'll be (laughs) i'll be that bitch (laughs) um that's the thing is i am all for i i don't hate religion i don't hate anybody who finds fulfillment in in their practice as long as it's not hurting anybody else you know what i mean 
Yeah, I know like, what you mean. Do whatever you want, live your life, whatever gives you spiritual fulfillment, whatever brings joy to your life and leads you to become a better, more self-actualized person. Do that. For sure. But also don't let people waste away and die for it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> or don't use it to as an excuse to go murder a bunch exactly. of people. Exactly. Don't use it to justify either your your maliciousness or your apathy. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, so like on the one hand, I mean, she deserved better, definitely. I'm glad that her mm. her ordeal is serving as as something of of spiritual significance to people now. Doesn't mean that I'm glad it happened. No, oh, no. You know what I mean? But Absolutely like Absolutely not. But at least there's that that silver lining that people are finding comfort in in visiting her grave at least. Mm-hmm. I suppose. But uh but yeah, so it, it's it's definitely very interesting how they've changed they've sanitized a lot for the movie oh yeah the yeah and it makes a lot more make sense now because in the film only one priest is on trial the parents are not at fault at all somehow Mm -hmm. and it's like at first i was watching the film and i'm like oh maybe it's the parents who have accused the father of negligent homicide and it's like no they're testifying in his defense what is even happening right now (laughs) like yeah it's just and also that like had they so this movie came out when I first started watching it I think I was like half an hour in but I was like boy this is a bad movie and then I looked it up on like IMDb and I'm like oh this came out in 2005 and I don't know why that was like oh okay I need to give it a little more lenience because 2005 was not that long ago but in the in the realm of movies like stylistic choices in films have very much evolved since then (laughs) oh yeah it gives off very cinematography wise it's very much like the ring the way it's kind shot of. and the way that it's lit. Kind of. I Not feel the like, blue, though. <laughs> no, yeah. But it's, stylistically speaking, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of, like, washed out tones and things like that. I feel like as far as story goes, like, I feel like they were trying to shoot for, like, wanting to at least emulate Silence of the Lambs a little bit, but that just completely missed entirely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Sure. Um, I thought it was interesting, uh, taking it from the perspective of a, a courtroom procedural, interesting but also boring like you needed to focus more if you're gonna make a movie about this you need to focus more on the supernatural element we got like five minutes of that it was like flashback well of course it's flashback because she's not no longer with us when they're in trial but right and i feel like the actress they got to play emily rose um what's her name jennifer carpenter carpenter thank you she's in dexter she's excellent she is uh she she gives an amazing performance she was acting for her life oh my god scenes but like Everything else just felt very wooden. It did. Everything around her. And it's I don't know if it was the direction because I know I know uh Laura Linney is a fantastic actress. She I know is. the actor playing Ozark. What's that? She's in Ozark. Oh, I haven't She's seen great. Ozark. It's so good. She's so mean in it. And I love it. <laughs> Laura and, Linney's amazing. And the actor playing the priest, I, I his name escapes me now as well, but like he's tremendous as well. But I, I don't know if it maybe it was the direction that just made this a snooze fest. You would think having mm-hmm. this kind of content you you could tell a story that would be interesting but yeah like, but i think they did themselves no favors by setting it in the present to be honest because so once you said this happened in the 50s 60s 70s everything kind of clicked into place and i went oh okay that's why this was allowed to happen mm-hmm. that's why uh like even in the movie the doctor there's a doctor who does a witness testimony and he says he would have used shock treatment and i'm like no 
this is 2005. What you talking about? Exactly. Sir? What like, hospital no, are you working at? Exactly. I'm like, who, how, when, what country and year is this? Like, I don't know. It's America. I guess I hope they're not still doing shock treatment nowadays. Be. We press some charges. Um, <laughs> for anybody listening, we're talking about um, the movie's called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It came out in 2005. It was made on a budget of $19 million. Jesus. It doesn't look like it. Where did the money go? It must have been probably paying off defamation defamation suits or oh, something. Oh, for sure. Um, it has a six point seven out of ten on IMDb, forty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and a forty six on Metacritic, but eighty five percent on Google. Mm. Um, it was released sem- September 9th. It was directed by Scott Derrickson, who also directed Doctor Strange, which is great. It is great. Um, and Sinister, which is a horror film that I hear is amazing, but I've never seen. Yeah, me either. Um, they made their budget back. They made $145 million at the box office with I this. remember this having an excellent, like, ad campaign for it. Because all of the mm-hmm. previews and stuff really pushed the supernatural element. They showed a lot of her, like, contorting and all that okay. stuff. Pop so, off. I think it's probably why it did pretty well at the box office. Because they framed it around that instead of being a courtroom drama more than anything. Um, it's la- le- le- bleh, I can't talk today. It's labeled as a supernatural horror legal drama. <laughs> That is... That's so specific. That is a description. Because the only other movie I can think of that would fall into that category is the third Conjuring movie. Sorry to keep going. I talk about the Conjuring on every episode of this podcast. (laughs) I've only ever seen the first one. The first one is my least favorite. Really? There are... I I know I'm going to get slandered for this, but my my order of favorites is third, second, first. Okay. The third one is amazing <laughs> and i'm going to amazing. see it i'm going to see it in a haunted theater in a week Ooh! and if you would like to come it's free <laughs> oh I'm, I'm gonna be out of town next week sadly. dang it <laughs> i know like i'm so excited to do all sorts of spooky stuff this month and i make so many plans and mm. then i just do maybe like one percent of them because i just <laughs> i try to do too much and i'm like i'm gonna go to this haunted house i'm gonna go to this ghost tour i want to do this and then it's like november i'm like fuck yeah i've i have <laughs> This is the only year I've kind of had a, had spooky plans. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Hello Scream, and then I'm going to Dallas to watch a spooky podcast. Nice. So, what spooky podcast? Sinisterhood. Oh, very cool. If you follow cool. me on TikTok, it's my whole TikTok page. I have seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So, yeah. So, this movie is a super... It's technically a horror movie, which is why I picked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of a psychological thriller, but... Um, it's like Law and Order, but with spooky vibes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And um, Laura Linney's character gives off Mariska Hargitay vibes. She kind of does. A little bit. Yeah. So the I will say the plot, now that you've heard the real story, I think it follows it pretty decently. They hit all the right beats, but they definitely make some pretty significant changes. For sure. Like it's one priest on trial instead of two priests and the parents. Uh, but the, she does still have like three sisters. She does. Uh, they still live out in like in the middle of nowhere. Not in Germany, though. They're in America. Yeah, it's in the United <laughs> States. Um, but yeah, like, they they, they hit a lot of the, the right notes. Like, they stay pretty true to a lot of, like, certain details while completely changing others, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. that the, I mean, because the actress kind of looks like her a little bit. Like, I suppose kind it's of, true, yeah. Kind of the, my only thing was, I, I know she was, like, probably in her mid to late 20s. When filming this, but I'm like, am I supposed to believe she's like 18, 19? Cause... Oh, yeah. When she came in, the mom, there's a scene where the mom comes in the room and they're all like jumping up and down. They're excited because yeah. she's going to go to 
college, she got a scholarship. Like, she just graduated high school. Like, are you talking about your like doctorate, you adult? <laughs> yeah, she looks are, like a full-on Go get a mortgage. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no. I think she was still in her 20s, but, like, uh, oh, my God, you just said her name. Jennifer Carpenter? Yeah. She's beautiful, but she's she got is. such a unique face. And, she does. I mean, honestly, she hasn't aged a day since then, but, like, she's looked the exact same age from, like, 20 to 40. She was in White Chicks. <laughs> was she? Yes. I oh my god. Her. I only know her as the sister from Dexter. She was. I Which didn't Dexter. she marry him? The in actor. the show? No, the, no, 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 no. Okay. They play brother and sister in the show and I think okay. the actor and act, uh, Michael C. Hall and her got married. I don't know if they're still married. I know, right? Y'all can't see my face. I know y'all aren't real brother and sister, but if you play my brother in something, mm. I'm not going to marry you. That's right? nasty. Yeah. That's awkward. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, she went to Juilliard. Okay, queen. Pop <laughs> All off. All right, get it. When did you graduate? That'll tell us how old she is. She was born in 79. Okay. So, so she, she, was, she was around, she was born around 42? when this happened. Right? <laughs> Jeez Louise. She's 41. Yeah, you were close. All right. Um. Oh, yeah, she did marry him. They were married from 2008 to 2011. Oh, oh well. Oops. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they bringing Dexter back? That's going to be awkward. I, I think so, yeah. Mm. Go work with your ex-wife. Slash ex sister. Slash sister, husband, <laughs> brother. Ugh. Ew. Um, so, yeah, over... I mean, were you scared at all? No. Okay. There was Same. one moment that took me by surprise, and it's like when that... There's a scene where she's starting to have uh, hallucinations, and she pictures... Like, she sees her classmates' faces starting to turn into these, like ghostly visages and like their eyes are like there's black ichor pouring out of their eyes and like the first time it happened I was not expecting it so I maybe started a little bit mm -hmm. but like other than that it, it all felt very like I felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities for for jump scares you know yeah. and honestly I'm not hating that like I I prefer the type of horror that builds more suspense than than just bleh, you know <laughs> um but I, I felt like there were a lot of opportunities where you could have built more suspense. Like, my favorite thing is, and I hate jumping back to this again, but, like, the Hill House anthology, they they use their jump scares so sparingly, but just enough that you are always waiting for one. They do quiet jump scares. They do so much. there's no noise. It's just a face. And you're exactly. like, ah. Exactly. Like, especially in the first one, The Haunting of Hill House, they do like just the hidden ghosts everywhere. Mm -hmm. But they, they do such a good job of, of building so much tension in every scene. Just the way something is shot. It's like you're, you're a little too close on someone's face. Whereas like, you know, if they move, there's going to be something else in the shot. Like you're just yeah. waiting for it so much and then it never arrives. And then just finally when you let your guard down is when they punch you in the face with it. And like... I felt a lot of spaces in this movie. Um, there could have been more opportunity for that. Like th throughout it, you follow the in the film. You follow the attorney who's like who's defending the father in court, and there are scenes where. And I think at the end, you're still still supposed to wonder: Is the supernatural real or not? Mm -hmm. Which I'll get to that in a minute. But like, so, some weird things start to happen to her, like in in her home and things like that and i would have loved to see more of that yeah i would love to see more weird shit happening as she's getting closer to the case but really like i i kind of found myself like rooting for the the prosecutor yeah pretty <laughs> i was much. like nah she's wrong this is wrong 
<laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want the priest. Like, the priest seems like a good guy in the movie. I'm like, I don't want him to, like, rot in prison. But, like, nah, they 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 wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, the whole ending of the film is like, okay, listen, I know everything they said is, is factually correct. But what if we believed in magic? Like, that was pretty much what they got to. Like, that was the resolution because <laughs> the way that and i'm so sorry again i'm gonna say it again the way the third country movie does it <laughs> and they do it so well is they they basically in the court scenes they're like well if you be, if you say and you get up on the stand and you swear to god like you're gonna tell the truth and nothing but the truth and the existence of god is present in this courtroom then you also have to believe in the idea that demons and the devil exist and you're like okay okay i'm on this okay i believe okay. it so even if you're not super religious you can still be like okay so somebody like basically it. somebody took that pre premise and did it better yeah pretty, yeah pretty much you know, they did it right <laughs> uh, yeah i also like and again i'm gonna jump back to the last thing that i watched which was midnight mass which the whole theme of that is the dangers of religious overzealousness like mm -hmm. it's following religion religion without inspecting its tenets closely enough and mm -hmm. just blindly following a faith without really knowing what you're what you're doing and what you're believing in then it turns into a cult and then you get scary stuff that's happening. where cults come from kids that's where cults happen where you're boys being... and girls would you like to start a cult we'll show you how <laughs> cult 101 on the crime traveling podcast i know uh, <laughs> <laughs> right here um but uh but yeah, so to watch that and then to watch this movie where it's like, hey, there's all this factual evidence pointing to the fact that this poor girl had epilepsy. And then people go, yeah, but demons. It's like, but um, demons though. <laughs> but demons though. Yeah. And the, and the, like, in, they're still in the Conjure movie. They're still trying to prove, like, of course, the existence of demons and mm -hmm. stuff. But they, someone was murdered in that movie. Like, the right. guy, and it's based on a real story, mm -hmm. which I'm, Dang it, I ruined it, but whatever. I'm going to cover it on the podcast at some point. I was we'll going to bleep keep it a this out. It's fine. Yeah. Um, just 36 seconds of bleep. Yeah. Uh, in that one, this guy was possessed and they were saying he was and then he murdered someone. So that I feel like is a little bit easier to pr prove, kind of, mm. than someone being literally neglected and there's physical evidence of this poor girl suffering right. for a year. Right. The other thing, too, like, I like those stories that deal with kind of, like, science versus the supernatural where they go, well, both of these things can, can be true and exist at the same time. For sure. You know, um, what, what's the phrase about, like, any anything that's magic is just sufficiently advanced technology that we haven't fully understood yet? Or, or something like that. It's like, no, like, it can be true that this can be something that, that could be a cult and supernatural, but there's there there could be an explanation for it. I, I like places that land on that at the end, you know? That way you, the audience can make their own decisions for themselves and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this one was just... It was supposed to have an ambiguous ending, but you could tell they wanted you to choose one. Oh, yeah. No, you know? there's... That and I did on the Patreon, I did a review of the John JonBenet Ramsey documentary thing. Mm-hmm mockumentary it was weird you should watch it um, <laughs> it's terrible watch it it's, it's interesting but i i went on a little bit of a rant in that about how a lot of true crime movies you can tell that the director has a path that they took mm -hmm. and they are like here's the story 
But the way we end it or the way I tell it to you is going to tell my own personal beliefs about this case. Mm -hmm. And it's like the movie Monster, which is about Eileen Warnos, who was a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And she that movie does it great because it's very open ended. You can tell the director tried to show you sympathetic parts of her life to be like she had a hard upbringing. But that also doesn't justify anything. So we're still going to show you all the trash stuff that she did. Like she doesn't sugarcoat anything. Mm -hmm. This movie you can tell at the end of it, they were like, if you don't believe in Laura Linney and the priest, you are trash. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like a movie that makes you think, not one that feeds you, the spoon ending. feeds you thoughts. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just. Anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. Like, exactly. that's what I. Yeah. Just make your own. Moral of this. <laughs> make your own choices. Um. So I rate things. Usually, I didn't do it last week, but I should have. Out of pumpkins, so out of 10 pumpkins. I love this, and I'm here for it. <laughs> so how many pumpkins would you give this movie? I would give this movie, out of how many pumpkins? 10. Okay, 10 is a whole patch of pumpkins. Yeah. I would give this movie four pumpkins out of 10. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, would you ever, would you recommend it to the listeners to watch it? I mean, it kind of depends on what your jam is, you know? Like, if you like the, if you like suspense, it's it, it's a pretty good, solid uh mid 2000s suspense movie i would not call it horror no um like there's like a couple of like creep factor moments but nothing that's nothing that's gonna like traumatize you for life i would say if you want a good solid suspense movie with some basis in in reality and true crime this could be your movie you know i'm not here to make anybody's a you know <laughs> i'm not here to force feed my opinions to anybody else out there so <laughs> for see for sure. yourself see if you like it um but honestly just from what you've explained to me i think the the truth is more interesting than this particular film yeah just watch a documentary about annalise mckell to be quite honest with you i like that they changed the name to emily rose though that that rolls off the tongue a lot better can you imagine if it was the uh the exorcism of annalise what was the middle name elizabeth mckell oh yes the assass- I almost said the assassination. assassination. <laughs> no, the assassination of Emily Rhodes Rose by the coward. Uh, what is that? The Jesse James movie. I don't know. Um, anyway, assassination but- of Jesse James. Is Brad Pitt in that? I think so. He's yes, the assassination Jesse of Jesse James by the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes, by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Directed by Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> a Spike Lee joint. Yeah, Jesus. Um, I think I would give it like three. Yeah. It three four pumpkins. It's not a three full and a half patch, pumpkins. Not nearly a full patch. Three pumpkins and one of those cute little mini pumpkins. Yeah, the, the, with the face is painted on. Yes, it. exactly. It's got a bow tie. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not mad at this movie. This it, movie has never offended anybody in its life. But no, it's just there. Yeah. It's a movie. It does classify as one. Um, I but, feel like we're. <laughs> I feel like I'm being a little hard on it, but like no, you're not. To me, like. I like a bad movie sometimes. I, I love me a good bad movie sometimes. But and like of, of course I prefer good movies, yeah. but sometimes you can just sit down and enjoy a trash movie. Like uh speaking of The Conjuring, the the main actor, what's his name? He's from Tampa. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. I'm meeting his brother next week. Oh no way. He was in the movie. He gets his leg stabbed in the first 10 minutes. That's right. I heard he was in it. Yeah. But uh the the 2005 Phantom of the Opera, trash movie. I love it. Oh, is that the one with the girl from Shameless? Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. movie's dog trash. I've I seen love it. it. It's dog trash. <laughs> it's my. It's like my favorite sick day movie though. But like for me, like 
a bad movie is fine. A good movie is great. A mediocre movie, that's a worse crime than a bad movie, if you ask me. It's irritating. Mediocrity it's like is the you worst thing stretch. you can be. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you could be better. <laughs> bad movie, I'm like, okay, I accept you for as you are. Good movie, I have no notes. But middling, no. no. Just be good or bad. Just pick a side. Please. For the love of all movies, <laughs> pick a side. Please. So we got a three pumpkins, a four pumpkin. Three and a half pumpkins out of ten. Yeah. So... Uh, we would love to know what you guys think about this, so feel free to hit up the Instagram. We're at Crime Traveling Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and then my Instagram is at It's Victoria Tribble. I post memes, and it's a fun time. <laughs> Where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me at, oh God, what is it? I think it's Erica Garafa <laughs> underscore VO. Okay. Uh, two R's, two F's, and Garafa. It's like Carabas, but with different letters. Um, and I think think you can follow me on twitter but i think i post like every three months yeah so just you can find me on the insta <laughs> sick yeah she's active on insta um, sometimes sometimes and if you would like to follow the show on patreon we're about to do a quick little like bonus episode we're going to talk about if we can fight uh horror villains or not we did this and we didn't record it and i'm mad about it the it's file true got lost it was fun it was fun but we're gonna do it really quick now and that'll be available over on the patreon so go ahead over there we got three tiers it's a fun time you can support the show and yeah find out whether or not i could win a fight against chucky for he's on the list <laughs> he is on the list he is i remember that much yeah so yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have a wonderful day, evening, or night whenever you're listening to this. And I will see you next crime. Goodbye. Oh, my God. See you next crime. I love it. <laughs>